Hey, what's going on, everyone? We are so glad you're choosing to take time out of your day to listen to our sermons. Our prayer for you is that these messages would not replace your belonging to a local church, but would only be supplemental in your walk with Jesus. With that being said, we love you, and we hope you enjoy the message today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to South Valley. Today is an opportunity to worship the Lord. And if you're tuning in at home, we want you to worship with us. So everybody, come to your feet. Let's give praise to God this morning for the great God that he is. Come on. There walls between us. By the cross, you came and broke them down. You broke them down. There were chains around us. Grace, we are no longer bound, no longer bound. You call me out of the grave, you call me into the light, you call my name, and then my heart came alive. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater, your love is stronger. Every voice, sing it up, come on. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Come on, come on, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Awakens me. Your love awakens me. 
Amen. You all glad to be here this morning? It's good to see you all. We're going to share a song with you this morning. And, there, and there's a, a phrase you may have heard, God never wastes a hurt. Amen. You may go through things, but you have to realize that God, God works through those things. And God restores and God heals. And we've gone through a lot throughout the past several years, haven't we? But God does not waste a hurt. God is good all the time. We're going to share this song. And it's a song that, if you know it, just lift it up. Because it's a testimony of what God does. He turns everything around for his goodness and his greatness. Shame to glory, you're the only. 
I know in my life, he's the only one who can. Let's sing that together. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. these words all our hope is on Jesus Christ and I know for me that is something that I've had to remind myself throughout these past several you know it's been almost a year now that we've been dealing with this whole pandemic thing but our hope remains in him so if you're feeling hopeless if you've been dealing with some stuff I pray these words would touch your heart this morning maybe you're feeling distance Maybe you don't even know who Jesus is, but Jesus is there for you. Jesus wants to know you. Jesus is our hope for the entire world. Lift these words up. Come on. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest phrase. But only trust in Jesus' name. Even louder. My hope is built on nothing less. Come on. Than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest phrase. But only trust in Jesus' name. Every voice, sing Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. 
rest on His unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within me. Father, Lord, we come before you, and we just give you praise, Lord, for being a God who sits on the throne yesterday, today, and forever, Lord, our hope, our solid rock. So as we come before you, we thank you for an opportunity to give you praise, Lord. Let's shout your name from the rooftops, proclaiming the great God that you are, Lord. And this morning, Lord, I just pray that you would move throughout this service, Lord. Every heart that's here, every heart that's watching online, Lord, just speak to every heart. Allow them to feel your presence. Allow your spirit to dwell. Just spend time with us this morning, Lord. As we seek you, Lord, we pray that you would restore us. You would work in our lives, Lord. And if there is even one who doesn't understand how much you love them, Lord, I pray that they would encounter you today and the lives would be changed and they would bow the knee to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life, Lord. And we would claim victory over all things because you make all things new, Lord. So again, what an opportunity it is to wake up, have a new day to just give you praise, Lord. So this morning, all honor and glory go to you. In your precious name, we pray these things. Amen. All right. 
Hayden, grab all the hammers that you can find. Here we go. Uh, we're putting together uh, a fixer upper community project. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I have no clue what I'm about to get myself into. Well, that's cool. I wish I could help, but I don't know how to use any tools. That's what I said. Okay, then what would you two suggest that we do as a whole church to meet some need in our community? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, something we can all do. I know. Hold on. Oh, uh, what if we gave everyone a chicken? You eat them, Peyton. Yeah, or collect eggs for like Easter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right, but you can also use them for feather pens, or, or you can use them as back scratchers, or you can even use the chicken as an alarm clock. You guys are making this way harder than it needs to be. Oh, really? Okay, Danica, what would you suggest? A canned food drive. It's easy, practical, and everyone can get involved. Impossible. You you want us to make a canned food drive. Wait, 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 everyone. You're telling me the mission here is to make a canned food drive? Nope. Well, I don't understand what you guys want under. You know what, everyone? Okay. Did you guys know that the more Christian aid feeds more than 800 people in our community and that number is growing? We can help out by giving as much as we can. Well, you heard the lady. Let's make this canned food drive. All right, grab that tire. I'll get an air wrench. What does the air wrench and the tire have to do with the canned food drive? All right, I got the tire. How else are we going to make it drive? All right, hold this thing. Why do I feel like I'm in an episode of The Twilight Zone? hundreds, maybe even thousands, but it's going to take all of us. Hop in the car and run to your local grocery store. Fill up a bag of canned food or non-perishable food items. Lamore Christian Aid gave me a list of big needs. <clears throat> Spaghetti with meat sauce, refried beans, tuna chili spam, sandwich, soup, ravioli, beans, corn, peanut butter, and canned fruit. I don't know about this. Making a canned food drive? I mean, I could barely make a car drive, let alone a canned food. <sighs> hey, hey, Dad, I think I might go with that chicken idea again. Alright, get that chicken in here. Let's go. Gotta love them. So that's our mission for the whole month of March. Let's shop, let's give, and let's go. Never a dull moment with our children's ministry skit team, y'all. They crazy, but they teaching them kids about Jesus. So if you come home and you ask them, you know, what did you learn in children's ministry? And it's about a random object of some sort. Just look past it and just look at the biblical principle behind it, y'all. It's awesome. Well, it's so good to see all y'all here this morning. For those of you who are with us online, we are so blessed that y'all are here. And yes, we are working so hard just to make sure that we are being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ and giving opportunities for people to serve and to make a difference. And so that canned food drive, y'all, is an excellent way for us to be able to do that. If, if you're here with us for the first time, we're super glad that y'all are here. Whether, again, if you're online or with us here, we want to make sure that we connect with you as a staff. And so if you wouldn't mind filling out the online connect card uh, with the link that's shown in front of you here, we would just love to do that. It gives us uh, the opportunity to be able to get to know you a little bit, to pray with you, answer questions, all that stuff. 
Well, last week, I told y'all that I had a, a dissertation, right, of announcements, uh, and it's still going to be the same thing today. So I should have, like, a doctorate and a master's by the time all of this is done. Um, but we just have so much stuff, you guys, and we're super excited about what God is doing and what he wants to do. And we want to make sure that you have the opportunity to partner with what the Lord is doing. And so I've got my notes, so I'll make sure I don't mess anything up. I probably still will, but it's all good. Uh, we are super excited to announce that CR, Celebrate Recovery, is starting back up, uh, meeting in person. Yeah, you could give a clap offering for that, y'all. If you're not familiar with what CR is, it is an amazing redemptive work that the Lord is doing. It is a Christ-centered uh, recovery ministry that meets on our campus every Friday, 7 p.m. It's going to be in the chapel. They're going to kick things off with just a time of celebration and worship, getting back together. Uh, we would love for you to be there. And just this is for anyone, hurts, habits, hang-ups. doesn't matter where you are in life. Uh, doesn't matter what status you are in life. Everyone's got something to deal with. And this is just an excellent way for you to make sure that whatever it is that you are encountering, that you're doing it along alongside people who can build into you with Christ in the center of it all. So check it out. If you have questions, you can uh, hit us up. We would be uh, absolutely happy uh, to help you to get to know that. So this uh, Friday is when that's starting off. You've been egged, y'all. That's coming up here. We are getting ready to give uh, Easter just a big all send-off, y'all. It's going to be great. And we want to give you guys the tools that are needed to be able to invite people to Easter Sunday. We're having uh, more information that's going to be coming about Easter here pretty soon. But we are already preparing to allow for y'all to, to be able to just maybe pray on just a uh, just someone in, the, in maybe your family or your neighborhood, someone that you can pray about to invite. And so we're collecting uh, some eggs already, as you guys saw. So if you're interested in donating eggs for that, we're looking for a pre-filled eggs uh, full of candy, pre-packaged candy, so that we can uh, have those uh, You've Been Egged bags ready. Um, and you can register for those on the Church Center app, or you can do so at the link that we just showed to you. Uh, and it just is a way for you as a family to be able to do that and just invite someone. We already, I know my wife and I, we've been... Uh, just talking with a couple of neighbors and really getting to know them, and we want to share Christ with them. And so this is something that we're doing to, to just kind of have some fun and also extend an invite and open that conversation. So great way. Make sure you register so that on the 21st you can pick those up. Uh, also, we are getting ready for our Connect 101 classes. It's a SVCC membership class. It's a great way for you to get to know a little bit more about the history of SVCC, uh, get to know a little bit more about what it means to have a personal relationship with Christ. And so we've actually got two classes that we're going to be offering for that. One in person and one that's going to be virtual. So the 21st is going to be when that will be in person, and then the virtual one will be over Zoom at, on the 28th, the following Sunday. Both of them are at 1.30. Please register for them. It's just a great way for you to, get, again, get that information and become a member, and then uh, you'll hear a little bit more about just what that means uh, at that time. And so sign up. The, the sign-ups have been booming. We're super excited for that. Uh, make sure that you hit that up, and if you've got questions, uh, Pastor Seth would be happy to address those with you as well. You can hit up the Church Center app uh, to sign up for that also. Uh, last week, I showed you a picture of my baby, and you loved it, but this time, I'm going to show you a picture of me because I'm crazy. So uh, I think we have a picture of me ready to show. Oh, I know. Look at that. I mean, look at the pose. I'm like, and that hair, though. Oh, man. Gone are the days. I got me a cul-de-sac. That's what I got on my head, y'all. But anyway, yeah, that was a good old four-year-old Marcus. Just, again, to break it up and just to, you know, it can't just be all business all the time, y'all. It's got to be good. Some of y'all knew me, took care of me when I was that age, so you probably brought you real back right now. Um, 
Guys, we are in the business of leading people into the growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We'd love to see lives changed and testimonies of God's power at work in lives. And we are, one way that we celebrate that is through baptisms. And we are getting ready for those. And so if you are interested in getting baptized, if you've been asking those questions and you're wanting to know about what that means or how to do that, please let us know. We have the 28th Palm Sunday, uh, both the 9 a.m. service and the 1030 service. Just right on over here. We're going to be baptizing folks and we're going to be telling people, uh, who are watching, who are here, that, that Jesus is changing lives even in the midst of a pandemic, y'all. Like, that's what's going down. So if you're interested in signing up, please do so. Um, on the way out today, you'll see there are some QR codes. If you just take a picture of that, it takes you right to the link to sign up. Also, we have that available for kids as well. We got First Step for Kids that's available for kids who are interested in becoming, um, uh, getting into relationship with God, uh, wanting to get baptized uh, as well. And so on the 21st of this month, we'll be having a First Step for Kids class that you can register for. Great opportunity for you to connect with the leaders in children's ministry and for them to be able to explain just exactly what that means. And so please sign them up for that, and you can make it a family affair, y'all. It's pretty awesome to be able to celebrate that together. And I know many of y'all see how, how, how much of a, a party that is when people get baptized, so imagine what that's like in heaven, right? So we're super excited for that as well. Uh, some not-so-great uh, announcement is, uh, y'all, we're going to lose an hour of sleep next week. It's an emotional time. It is an emotional time. We, let's pray for each other on this because there are two things in particular that make people cranky, all right? It's when y'all hungry and when you're tired. And if you both, don't come to church. Just watch it online, okay? Just, just don't. Um, just kidding. Anyone's welcome, right? That's the, that's what, we just want to make it fun, y'all. So just know that um, make sure you set your clocks accordingly before you go to sleep, and that way uh, you won't miss out on, on the party, all right? So that's coming up. Um, also, guys, we're just partnering with, with the Lord in some amazing works of ministry locally, globally, and that is uh, largely fueled by the generosity of our church, and so we're continuing in the spirit of giving, and if you are a South Valley family, uh, just remembering that we have the opportunity to do that online. Uh, also, we have offering um, um, places that you can take them on the way out. We have those boxes there, so as you leave today, you can do that as well. And let's just continue to pray as we give um, so that the Lord would just be at work and that we can join him in that work. If you're here for the first time, please don't feel compelled to give. We really don't want anything from you. We really just want something for you. So that's just uh, how we roll up in here, y'all. We're, we're a generous church in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, and it's just a discipline that we engage in to exercise our worship and our praise to him. It's just another way for us to do that. So at that being said, y'all, that's all that I have to share for today. But at this point, I'm going to uh, ask for the, uh, the board uh, to come on up. They've got some uh, announcements to make as well, so they're going to make their way up at this time. And we have just been, again, continuing to pray over this process of uh, seeking a new senior pastor. And so we're extremely grateful that we have a search committee and uh, a board that's uh, on, uh, just on, like, point with making sure that they prayerfully take that on. And so I'm going to have uh, the board present right now. Let's give it a hand for the board as they do so. Thank you, Jeff. Good morning. Uh, for those of you that, don't, that may not know me, uh, I'm John Ecker, and I'm the chairman of the board. No, I'm Jim Vigil, a board member here at the uh, at South Valley, uh, the board chairman. Uh, as the board members make their way up here, a couple things I, I wanted to uh, talk, uh, talk to. Um, who feels the Holy Spirit moving in this house? Amen, right? And as I was uh, going to talk about it, then Marcus brings up Celebrate Recovery is coming back, and I'm like, wow, 
you know. <laughs> Amen. Um, I got to tell you, you know, um, a friend of mine uh, reminded uh, me that uh, a year ago today was the last normal Sunday that the world knew. And then you know what happened the following Sunday a year ago. But you know what? I'm telling you that throughout this crazy time, the Holy Spirit has been here the whole time. Just like in Matthew 18, you know, the winds came up, the storm came, and, and Jesus calmed it. And I'm telling you that he is here with us. And I, I can only say that the hard work from the board, the staff, and the volunteers, you know, uh, working the budget, maintaining our mission projects, our local giving, benevolence, uh, the pastoral search team, uh, in their work more than weekly uh, is amazing. And I'm telling you that uh, I hope that you feel it like I do. Um, so I have some exciting uh, news to bring. If I could get uh, uh, Aaron, Thomas, and Justin to come up here also. We're a big church, and I can tell you that the last few Sundays, we've seen about a 30% growth. In spite of all that's going on, we opened up, and we are eclipsing the numbers from the last time that we opened up. That's a blessing, right? And it's only going to get better. So uh, as the board comes forward, I, I'm excited to tell you that we brought uh, three new board members on, uh, Justin Pierce, Aaron, Jonathan Pierce, I'm sorry, uh, John, now you got me all messed up. Tom, <laughs> Thomas Curtis and Aaron. And I, not Jim Vigil, right, right. This is, a, this is a board size that is um, commensurate with the work that South Valley does and with how big we know we are with all, all the folks that are at home and what have you. Uh, so, you know, please uh, uh, join me when I welcome these uh, strong men of God to the board. And uh, we'd like to uh, pray over them. Right now, I'm going to go ahead and hand the microphone there to John. Yeah, I'd like to ask Pastor Frank and the rest of the South Valley staff to make their way to the stage as we, uh, as we have an opportunity to pray over this, this board together. Frank, is your mic on? Is your mic working? You're good? What I want to ask you to do is stand. And we're going to lay hands on them. Symbolically, what I want you to do is just, just reach out towards them. We want God's anointing on our executive board. They have had a, a tremendous year of growing, learning new things, but they have stuck with the task fearlessly. Thank you, men. And we're excited to have these new men of God standing here with us. So what we're going to do is just reach out, lay hands on one another, and let me just lead us all in prayer. Father, first of all, it is you who gets all of the glory for everything that happens. You've impressed upon these men to serve you in a, in a new capacity. And so we pray for them, Father. First of all, according to your word, we pray for wisdom. For you've said in your word, if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and does not hold anything back. Thank you for that. We pray, Father, for not only wisdom, but for a heart of ministry. Father, we are about serving Christ through serving others. May, Lord, you bring that heart into all of these men or continue to bring that to them. And, Father, we also pray according to your word for a spirit of unity. How precious it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is your anointing upon them. So, Father, as they meet and they discuss 
things that are pertinent to your church. May God, you give them great vision and wisdom and a heart to serve and give them the spirit of unity. Thank you for them, Lord. In Christ's name, amen. things that I've heard said um, in where I work and I work in the public a lot and meet different people but I've had some people tell me that this pandemic didn't happen to them it happened for them um, and one might think oh, what do you mean by that and how could that be you know people are dying it's tragic and all those things are true that is the world we live in but I have seen God's goodness through this. Personally, I've had to slow down a bit more, which for me, I'm constantly busy. So to slow down was a good thing. Um, I got to spend more time with the Lord alone. And of course, praying for all the people that have been affected by this, my family back east, has been a, has been a, a really good thing from the pandemic. But the best thing, and I'll share this quickly, um, July 10th, I was able to be present with my sister going to see the Lord. She passed away on the 10th, and because of the pandemic, I was working from home. I got to spend her last 20 days on Zoom every day because she was in Ohio, but I didn't realize how much of a blessing that was until that moment when I saw her see Jesus. And I said, thank you, Lord. Even in the midst of all of this sorrow and tragedy and all the pandemics in the world, I was able to say thank you and I could see him work. And, and that is what is so amazing about God, how he works through even the worst situations. Good morning. Well, I want to say something that I never, never in a million years would I have thought I would tell you what I'm about to tell you right now. It is so good to see half your faces. That's a weird thing to say. But my gosh, it's so good to see you folks. You have no idea how much I love and miss my family at South Valley, and you look good. I don't care if you have a mask on. I was in the Home Depot the other day, and a, somebody recognized me and come up and said, you know, that mask makes you look 50% better. Uh, you ever considered a paper bag? <laughs> and then, then they began to tell me that uh, looks like I've put on some pandemic pounds. You know, skinny people think they're being helpful. <laughs> <laughs> they say things like, <laughs> anyway, I, you know, I, I've discovered it. I don't know about you. Maybe there's a few pandemic pounds out there. But if you're like me, or I'm sick. I, I, I don't diet. I've tried. It doesn't work. So right now I'm working on a plan to get taller. I, <laughs> I, saw, a, I saw a sign the other day. You're going to when you want to remember this, because I thought it was a great sign. Two things to make your day better. Don't watch the news. Don't step on a bathroom scale. 
Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm glad to see y'all haven't lost your good sense of humor. <laughs> Let's pray. I need prayer. <laughs> Gracious God, it's time to get into your word. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to open our hearts, open our understanding. May we receive encouragement and strength from today's word, Lord God. Thank you for this privilege and this time of study. In Christ's name, amen. You're going to want to find your way to Psalm 13. I hope you have a Bible. If you don't, you need to get you one. Uh, no reason you shouldn't have a Bible on your phone or iPad or one of those that still have paper. Anything will work. Find your way there. Now, I know I'm, I'm going to ask a question I already know the answer to, but has there ever been, a, ever been a time in your heart or in your life where you've asked, God, where are you? I've been talking about this thing in my life, and God, where are you? Why is it that God sometimes just seems so far away? Why is it when I pray the, the heavens just seem like bronze, as it says in Deuteronomy 28, and we're like, nothing's getting through. Uh, what's wrong? When am I going to get some release or some relief from this, this problem that I've been experiencing? Psalm 13 is a deeply personal psalm from David. It was written at a time where David was being pursued, if you can imagine, by the king of Israel. David, as, as a teenager, was anointed by Samuel as the future king of Israel. Well, David's name became a household name after he slew a Philistine giant of a man by the name of Goliath. His name became popular, and it got even increasingly more popular. Soon, David joined the military, was fighting, on, uh, fighting for his king, Saul, and he would go out and the people began to say, Saul has killed his thousands, David his ten thousand. Saul became jealous of David and at one point even tried to ram him through with a javelin, tried to kill him. And then the manhunt began, David became a fugitive from the king, if you can imagine, highest level of government is after you. And David began hiding in caves and in the wilderness and any place he could find. And it just keeps going on and on and on. And when is it ever going to end? And David has said to God, oh, help me. Help me out of this predicament. You know, give me an answer. Lighten my eyes. Show me God. And there seems to be no answer for him. The heavens are silent. I think, I think all of us have been there. I know I've been there. I've gone through those times when it feels like I'm praying in sort of a spiritual isolation chamber. Uh, nothing seems to, to get out of that and nothing can get into that. And I'm just not hearing what I, what I want to hear. And I, I think it would be helpful for all of us to understand how God works in these situations and what God just may be up to when we pray, Lord, how long? Uh, Think, think about this. It, it may be that we want God to change our situation when in fact what God is wanting to change is us. The person who is praying is the one God's going to, to try to change. Now, some of you 
you've been going through this as he just said a while ago. We've been going through this thing for, well, a, a year with the pandemic. But for the last two years, South Valley has, has had a rough road and nobody would deny that. And, and, and it could be that, you know, it's, God, when is it ever going to end? And we kind of have this, <laughs> for lack of a better term, I call it a pandemic weight problem. We're waiting for things to, to, to get back. And we just, it's just difficult. Well, David in Psalm 13 has a persistent problem that just kind of like our pandemic just is not going away as fast as he wants it to go away. Look at verse 1. How long, O Lord? Four times in two verses he asks, how long? He says, how long, O Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Lord, I've got this ongoing, persistent problem. When are you going to do something about it, Lord? I've been praying. What's going on? Let me, let me give you a principle that's neither deep, nor it's not hard to grasp. You ready for this principle? God can't be rushed. Yeah, I don't like that either. I admit it, I have a weight problem. I don't like to wait. Teresa and I go to restaurants, we base whether we'll go in your restaurant, how long the line is. Haven't been in the Olive Garden in years. We're not going to wait. We're not, good. We're not good at waiting. Remember this, folks. Sometimes our God moves in majestic slowness. Isn't that right? Sometimes God just moves in majestic slowness. We might as well admit it. Whether we can understand it, whether we like it or not, God doesn't seem to be in a hurry most of the time. So David had this problem. How long? And his problem is kind of threefold. Look back at verse 1. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? In other words, he felt forgotten. This has been going on. It's been dragging on. And Lord, have you forgotten me? We've all heard the adage, time flies when you're having fun. But when we're in the middle of a, of a difficulty... It, and it seems, that, it seems like God doesn't even know about it to us. We, we get this in our minds thinking, God, have you forgotten what I'm going through? Does, do you remember me at all? Let me just say to you, if you think God's forgotten you, He has not. Amen? No matter whether you understand it or not, God has not forgotten you. Take heart. You know what God has forgotten? This will encourage your heart. God's forgotten your sins. Wow. Hebrews 8, 12, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Whew. That's great news for Frank. How can God forget anything? Well, listen, He doesn't forget it like we think of forgetting it. What it means is simply He, he remembers it against you no more. When God sees that sin now, God sees that sin is forgiven and cleansed through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And He had, listen, He has therefore forgotten that sin as a sin 
that no longer needs to be judged because he's already judged it at the cross, but he has not forgotten you. There's a great passage in Isaiah 49, verse 14. I hope you will write this down in the margin of your Bible. Make a note on your, on your Bible program. Look what it says. Isaiah 49, verse 14. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me. And then God responds this way. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they, they may forget. Yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. I haven't lost you. I, I, haven't, I haven't misplaced you. I haven't forgotten you. Folks, don't ever let the devil convince you when you're going through an, an, a long, drawn-out problem. Don't let him convince you that God has forgotten you because he hasn't. God says, even a mother, and that, and that would be a rare thing for a mother to forget her baby, but okay, it, it could possibly happen, but God says, look, it's not going to happen with me. I've got you engraved on the palm of my hand. So you see, David was wrong when he thought that God had forgotten him. But the second area of, of David's problem is not that he just felt forgotten, but he, had, he, felt, he felt forsaken. Look at the last part of verse 1. How long will you hide your face from me? He didn't only feel forgotten, he felt forsaken. And David imagines that God is hiding his face from him. Maybe you feel that God has not only forgotten where you are, but he's turned his back on you. He's hidden his face from you. He's intentionally ignoring your situation. The phrase face of God or the countenance of God being on you, that, that term is used it's of, of God's loving kindness. God said this in, in Numbers chapter 6, verse 22, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his son saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. David is saying in essence, I don't sense that. I don't sense God's face shining towards me. I don't. I, I, can't, I can't discern his countenance. I have been going through this for so long. Saul's pursued me. I have been hiding. I've been running as a fugitive for so long. I've cried out and cried out. And now I'm just saying, God, how, much, how long is it going to take? And Lord, frankly, I don't sense your countenance on me. I don't sense that your face is towards me. He's saying, God, I don't sense your loving kindness right now. Even if you don't know that God's face is towards you, it is. Un well, it is unless there is willful, sinful disobedience in your heart and in your life. If that's not the case, His face is towards you in the darkest of times, isn't it? Amen? Gosh, I read this recently, just recently, a true story about a father who had to, had to bury his, his young, beautiful wife, they had one son, young, just a young boy, and after the funeral that night, the, the, the father said it, he thought it would be best if maybe the son 
slept in the same room as, as he was in. And so the little fellow was laying there where his mama had, been, had, had used to sleep. And there was silence in the room. And after a while, the little boy said, Daddy, it's, it's dark. And he said, Yes, son, it is, it is dark in here. I can't even see you, Daddy. Is your face towards me? And his dad said, Yes, son, my face is towards you. The boy said, Yeah, that's, that's good, Dad. And he went to sleep. And the man got on his knees beside the bed. He said, God, it's dark right now. Are you, are you facing me? And he said he heard the Lord speak to his heart. He said, son, my face is towards you. In the darkest times, no matter how difficult it may be, God's face is towards his people. David felt forgotten, though. He felt forsaken, which led to a natural third problem, he felt very frustrated. You may be in the dark and feel forgotten, but you're not. You may feel forsaken, but you're not. But this may have led you to feel very frustrated because that was David's other problem. Look at verse 2. How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? God, I can't get over this problem. I can't get it solved. And I, and I sit there and I try to reason it out. I take counsel in my soul. I try to reason this thing. Why is it like this? Why am I being pursued? Why aren't you hearing me? Why does it seem like you've abandoned me inside this cave? Can you not see where I'm at right now? You ever been there? I've been there. Every honest person has been there. You get frustrated and you think God uh, is not involved in, in, in your problem. Back in the late 90s, I was ending my tenure at, at a church here in town. Just in the last days of that, I, I have never gone through a time of such uh, discouragement and, and, and hopelessness. And I felt... I just, I felt, I told Teresa, I said, I just feel, the only way I could describe it, I feel alone. And she and I wept and we prayed. And one night I just was overwhelmed. I didn't want to be in the house. And I, I walked out into the driveway. It was dark already. And I'm just out there trying to reason all this out in my mind. And tears are coming out of my eyes. And I catch out of the corner of my eye. Somebody is walking towards me across the campus. And, oh, brother, right? not now. I don't need to counsel. I don't need to talk. I don't, I'm not in any condition emotionally to talk to anybody. So I start trying to clean it all up. You know, I don't want to, and I don't want to go in the, they've seen me, so I can't like, I'm going to the house and ignore them. But they, it, it turned out to be our, our we had a, a Filipino uh, m, m, uh, church that met on our campus, Capabayan Ministry. Uh, Pastor Arce, wonderful, wonderful man. It was, it was his wife who was walking towards me, and she saw me out there in the driveway. And she knew nothing really about my situation, but she came over, and she was just there for a minute, if a minute. And uh, she could tell. It was obvious that I was just about on the edge emotionally. And I don't remember all of what she said, but the, the, the last thing she said to me was, this too shall pass. To this day, she doesn't know how that helped a young pastor get it together. It's not going to last. How long, oh God, it's going to pass, Frank. You're going to be all right. And she left. 
not even knowing how those words stuck in my heart and God used them to encourage me. Folks, here's the truth you need to settle in your heart. God's not forgotten you and never will. God has not forsaken you and never will. And the problem that you're going through, the sorrow, the hardship, it will be solved. But it may not be the way you want it solved. Because at the end of the day, our God is a sovereign God. And at the beginning of the new day, He is still a sovereign God. If you've been bombarding heaven and saying, nothing is happening, God, what's going on? Well, nothing may be happening that you're seeing, but God is always active. He's always at work. He's always doing something with you and, and me. One of my earliest and, and most favorite memory verses is Philippians 1.6. Some of you know, know that verse by heart as well. Being confident of this very thing, that he that began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know what that tells me? That tells me God doesn't have any half-built towers that He's abandoned as a project. That tells me that God doesn't have any unfinished projects that He's abandoned, right? If God began a work in you, He will perform it. Present tense. There's an ongoing performance of God's work in your life. There's a purpose for you. Don't give up on that. Whether you understand it or not, it makes, it, it makes no sense to you at all. Know this. God is working. Last time I checked, Romans 8, 28 and 29 are still in the Bible. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to His purpose. And what is His purpose, folks? Verse 29, for whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. You know what God's purpose for your life is? It's the same purpose for my life. It's making me more and more like His Son. More and more like His Son. God is working His purpose for your life. I love this. I love this verse, in, or this, this Psalm 138, verse 8. If, you have, if you're writing in your Bible or you're taking notes, write down Psalm 138, verse 8, next to Romans 28. Okay? Here is that Psalm. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. And God will not forsake the work that He began in you. So just know if you're still going through some hardship, some elongated problem, you're not forgotten, you're not forsaken, right? Now admittedly, <laughs> be the first to admit this, I don't... I don't like the way God does it sometimes. I, we have a weight problem, so we don't like God's timing. Often don't care for His method. <laughs> but He's using those things to conform us, to make us more and more like His Son. And sometimes we cry out to God, perhaps not in anger, but just simply in frustration. How long, oh God, now listen, please understand that God is there. 
If you'll be honest, you'll have to admit that the times that you have grown the most spiritually were in the midst of problems and hardships and sorrow. That's when God has done some of his best work in your life, conforming you to the image of his son. Write down Psalm 4 at verse 1. You have enlarged me when I was in distress. You have made me a better person. You've enlarged me, God. I'm, I'm, I'm a different person coming out of that than I was when I went in. And it was while I was in distress. So there was a persistent problem that David faced. He felt forgotten. He felt forsaken. And it led to just frustration. He's just like us. But secondly, what I notice in these few verses is that there was persistent prevailing prayer. Look at verse 3. Consider and hear me. Now he's praying, O Lord my God, enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. And there's this thing is, you've got to open my eyes and help me to see what's going on. Otherwise, this thing's just kind of wasting me away. I don't know how long I can go on with this thing. He's just crying out to God, isn't he? Verse 4, lest my enemies say, I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Look, Lord, my testimony is on the line here. I don't want to do something. I don't want to have a knee-jerk reaction that, that brings shame to your name. My enemies are watching me. And then if, if I quit walking by faith... They're going to laugh and they're going to scorn and say, yeah, just like everybody else. Get in a hard spot and your Christianity falls apart. But you know what David's problems did? Listen to me carefully. David's problems did exactly what they were supposed to do. They drove him to prayer. They drove him to prayer. You see, God loves us too much. To let us live independently of him. So his problems drive him to prayer. But notice the one to whom he's praying. This is so good. Verse 3 again. Look at it. Consider and hear me, O Lord. The word is Jehovah. That is the covenant name of God. That's the name he used when he establishes a covenant with Abraham and Moses and, and even David. He, he uses the word Jehovah. O Lord. My God, that, that word is Elohim, and it means the Almighty. Jehovah, the covenant-keeping God, Elohim, the Almighty, he's saying basically this, remember me, O God, God that keeps covenant and God that can do anything. You are the one, Lord, that I call to. Think about this. David has a covenant. David had been anointed king. He's been promised that out of his line would come the Messiah. Remember that, David, when you're hiding in a cave and in fear and in distress, that God has made some promises to you, a covenant with you. It's easy to forget that when all you can see is the problem. It's hard to remember the promises of God. But David had been anointed king. Samuel had said, you are God's chosen. You are God's anointed. So in a, in a way, David should have known 
This is not going to end in my ultimate death because he, I'm, I'm promised to be king and, and, and I'm also going to be the lineage, in the lineage of the, the Messiah, the Christ of Israel. He had a promise from God and you know what he's doing now? He was praying on the basis of that promise. We need to pray, listen folks, we need to pray on the basis of who God is and what God can do and what God has said he will do. That will encourage your heart. David has all of these frustrations. All, he's crying out. And I love what one writer says. He says, David had all of these emotions, but he nailed his emotions to the promise of God. By the way, we're commanded to do the same thing. In Philippians chapter 4, very familiar passage to some of you. Philippians 4, beginning in verse 6, be anxious for nothing. Was David anxious in verses 1 and 2, absolutely, crying out four times, how long, Lord, how long? You forgot me? You forsaken me? Yeah, be, be anxious for nothing but what? In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And God's going to get rid of your problem immediately. Is that what it says? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard the word is garrison. He will garrison your heart and your minds through Jesus Christ. No, it doesn't say that God's going to solve your problem. It says God will give you peace and that God will guard your emotions, your heart. He'll guard your mind, your overactive imaginings, all the frustration. He's going to guard your mind from going down that path. Don't go on a journey down that path. This persistent problem that David had led him to persistent prayer which led him finally to come back to a proper perspective. Look at verse 5. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. What has changed? Nothing except David. Nothing in his situation changed. But this man that is kind of whining because of his weight problem <laughs> in verses 1 and 2 is now worshiping. So you see the situation hasn't changed, but the man has changed, right? David's refocused. When facing difficult problems, especially ones that go on and on and on, that require you to gain some weight, W-A-I-T, Listen, you can look to the problem or you can lean upon God. If you're experiencing a weight problem, you need to lean out. Right? You need to lean upon God. He says, he says this, in these verses, that first of all, he returns to a faith perspective. This is where he needed to be. From verse 1 and 2, this is where he needed to go. I have trusted in your mercy, God, whether it seems to me that you're merciful or not. I'm going to put my faith in the fact that you are a God of mercy. doesn't matter what I think. doesn't matter how I feel. My emotions can be manipulated. And when I get crossways with life and this problem is just like a vortex sucked all the spiritual out of me, 
I'm going to come back and I'm going to stand, plant my feet on the truth that God, regardless of what I'm going through, regardless of how I feel, you're merciful. Folks, that's unshakable faith right there. You stand upon what's true about God, but not only did he return to a faith perspective, but notice secondly, he recaptured his joy. And a lot of you are there. You're looking to recapture your joy. You want to feel the joy of the Lord. My heart, he says, shall rejoice in your deliverance or your salvation. Now, folks, if you're, if you're saved, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you've trusted in his death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection, you have invited him into your life, you have something to rejoice in. No matter what happens, you have reason to rejoice, right? Paul was right. He said the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us looking towards that great day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing that happens to us down here really is going to matter now listen, I, David's not just simply talking about salvation, uh, you know, dying and going to heaven. I think it's more than that because he says, in your deliverance, that the word salvation in that verse means deliverance. God, you're going to get me out of this. You're going to walk with me through this. So I, by faith, just cast myself on your mercy and I rejoice in your deliverance. You see, he's getting his whole perspective back, isn't he? And he's starting to get joy. And then the third thing I see here in the very last verse is he resounded in praise. I will sing unto the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Here's a man saying, Lord, I have been being sucked into that vortex of despair. My problems are overwhelming me. I see no end in sight. How long, O oh Lord? How long, O oh Lord? How long? And then he gets to thinking about God. Get God back where he's supposed to be. And, and, and he starts thinking about God and the blessings that God has given him. And he says, God, you have dealt with me bountifully. Is this the same guy in verse 1 and 2? Yeah. He's no longer whining. Now he's worshiping, right? Listen, I don't, I don't care who you are or how big your problem is. If you will begin to think about the blessings that God has given you, you'll say, God, you have dealt bountifully with me. Remember the old hymn, count your many blessings, name them one by one? Then it'll surprise you what the Lord has done. The problem is we don't always see those blessings. We get so focused on the problem, we forget to lean upon the problem solver. But think about this, dealing bountifully, that's how God typically does things. That's his modus operandi, right? Dealing bountifully. That's how God does things. He doesn't, just, he doesn't just give us life. He gives us eternal life, right? He doesn't just give us peace. The Bible says he will give perfect peace. He doesn't just give grace. He gives abounding grace, right? He doesn't just give us victory. He makes us more than conquerors. Why shouldn't we praise Him then, right? 
It just may be that if we're in the middle of some great big problem, God is just working on you till you get your focus back where it needs to be, and that is on Him, and begin to thank Him for what He has already given you, for what He's already done. Understand, He has not forgotten you, never will. He has not forsaken you, and never will. And He is not moving in majestic slowness just to frustrate you. He has a plan for you. And His plans for you are good. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. What an encouragement Your Word is today. Just like a breath of fresh air, Lord. In the midst of pandemic and, and, and all the mess, You remain the same. You cannot change. And so we, Lord, grab onto You and praise You for Your bountiful blessing. We walk out today just encouraged as being more than conquerors. We don't have to just endure. We can live above it. We can serve you in the midst of it. We can see you moving no matter what. And our lives are in your hands. We're the work of your hands. So go with each of us today. Those who are listening to this message online, Father, may they be strengthened in the inner man. May God, you, above all things, show yourself for who you are, an awesome God. We thank you for it, all in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a good and godly week. Thank you.